Go Late Selects, brought to you by Sky. Watch new exclusive and unmissable content only on Sky. Oh, Jed Bartlett's in the house. And let me tell you why Jed Bartlett's in the house, because I am now into season two. I've gone right through season one out of the 22 episodes. What a cliffhanger at the end of season one. I am so in love with this show. How in the name of Christ I missed the first time around. The writing, the performances, the just the music. I absolutely adore it. So from here on in and for the entire entire length of the next episode, I'd like to be referred to as President Josiah Bartlett. Let's do it! Well, welcome once again to Go Loud Selects, a Go Loud original, and it is brought to you by our dear friends, our great friends at Sky. Good day to El Presidente, Samuel <laughs> Delaney. I think you'd be more suited as a, uh, you know, South American or dictator, you mean? Far Eastern dictator, yeah. Despot, Despot Delaney. So, what you're saying is, I would. Yeah, so basically I look like your man in North Korea. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Why did you bring it round to that? I wasn't thinking that. John, were you thinking that? Kim Jong uh, Delaney. Yeah, I was thinking that. <laughs> okay, well now I am too. And in that fetching, what would you call it? A tunic that he wears? He probably has like four. He's like Simon Cowley, just has like 40 versions of the same top. Unless there's 40 Kim Jong-uns. And there could be more than day. one. Yeah. yeah. That haircut. Would you like a double? Or a triple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will over ice. It'd be lovely, yeah. Right about now. It's quarter to seven. Then it'd be lovely. A little old fashioned on the rocks. All right, Johnny, crack them open there. Ah, Shut them up, Joe. Can't you make the music easy and sad? Right, gentlemen. That sounds like fucking Ronan Keating singing Frank Sinatra. People have been moited for less. <laughs> Rowan's oh, slagging off Ronan Keaton on his podcast I don't think it's yeah. fair And he's lovely on. By the way, can we get back to the fact that you are sporting new glasses How can you tell Simon Delaney Well, because I saw you I saw you room. during the week And you you, oh, you, had, did, you, yeah, you yeah. sport them And it did bring to mind You did look like a kind of an early version Of Deirdre Barlow We found love in a hopeless place We found love in a hopeless place I like your potpourri in the bathroom. You don't see much potpourri nowadays. <laughs> don't worry, I didn't eat it. They are spectacular glasses. They're very big. I'm working my way up to the uh, the Dennis Den- Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just paint a picture for the viewers. The lenses are about the size of a beer mat, and they have a small, have a, a very thin red frame. I mean, you do look like Deirdre Barlow with them, but I think they're cool on you. With all that said, I will take your close fist was a very close in the face compliment. Anyway. Uh, now, if well, if I'm DJ Barlow, you're Ken. What does that make you, John? I'm probably Mike um, selling the oh, underwear. Mike. Selling the knickers. Yeah. Oh, Mike, who runs the knicker factory. My For uh, a bonus point, the name of the factory? Underworld. 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 Great I name. think you're more Stan Ogden, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Stan Ogden. More of a Curly Watts, probably. And Eddie Yates or used to be on the bench. Ashley. Ashley. Ashley from the Butchers. 
Ashley used to talk like that, didn't they? Uncle Fred. <laughs> Uncle Fred. Well, get down the buses, we're not good, Fred. Now, don't forget, love. It's all in the frying. Slowly at first, and then gradually building to a crescendo. What have you done with that piece of topside? It's in the fridge. Hey, I thought you said she was a vegetarian. No, that were her with the houseboat, Ashley, but it's good of you to take an interest. Great storylines, probably not for the, for the actor, was when his very pretty... Uh, bride, oh, yes, girlfriend, the blonde was, girl, yeah, uh, was mad to conceive, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't happening straight away. So she had him doing all sorts of alternative oh. <laughs> methods to uh, to encourage the fertilization. She had cut to the chaser. She had him die of not wardrobes and all that. She had him standing out the back in the cold because apparently cold is good for for the swimmers. For the swimmers, yeah, boosting the swimmers. Did it work? Didn't get to the climax. No pun intended. Now, shall we tell you what Sky are recommending this week? Let's do that, Ado. Well, you're going to be very excited by this, and I mean this genuinely. All joking aside, serious business from Sky this week, because Discovery Plus is now available at no extra cost for Sky. those stairs. Sky Glass and Sky Stream customers. So if you're any or all of the above, Disney Plus is there for you. What's on Disney Plus? Not Disney Plus. Discovery, Discovery Plus, Plus. Yeah, plank. <laughs> Jesus, those are great glasses, but you can't fucking read with them. <laughs> I'd send them back. Apologies. <laughs> and what's on Discovery Plus? A hell of a lot, including bingeable box sets, exclusive originals, fascinating true crime, eye-opening documentaries, even if you wear glasses, and must-see reality shows. So they've got something for everyone there. And here's what I'm really excited about. And we've seen a trend towards this of late sport, live sport. And really? On Discovery sport. Plus? Yeah, including the 2023 Roland Garros tennis tournament. Oh, and we'll right. all be hoping that Nadal sorts out his niggles and gets back and faces Djokovic, who... Little known fact, you know, uh, niggles is actually the name of Nadal's cat. <laughs> And Niggles yeah, hasn't Niggles. been well. And Niggles travels to every tournament with them in a little, uh, what do they call those little carry cases? Of a niggle box. A niggle box. And uh, Niggles had problems. Well, he was, they were, see, Australia didn't happen because Niggles' passport had run out. So he, anyway, Niggles is stay home. Therefore, he's his lucky mascot, basically. But he, hopefully he will have Niggles sorted out by the time Roland Garros. Roland Garros, incidentally, uh, is a relation of Roland from Grange Hills. Grange Hills. Remember Roland? Roland? Yeah, you're going Roland. back there. For some... John, I suspect you don't remember Grange Hill, do you? Uh, I remember some of it, but probably later episodes. <laughs> Roland Garros, for anyone who yes. doesn't know or cares, was a French aviator. He was indeed. He was indeed. That's right. What would you he have also, to do to get a stadium named after you in, in Ireland, Simon? I mean, you're doing a lot already to at least get a, a statue or your face uh, on stamp. You'd have to own you'd have to own an insurance company, I think, at the moment, wouldn't you? That's the only way you can do it really here. You don't have to do anything. Like they should be like the Aviva should be called the Paul McGrath Stadium or the Paul O'Connell Stadium or or the Raj Arena or whatever the hell, I don't know. Um, Raj Arena. 
Tell me about more sport on Discovery Plus. We've got the tennis. I'm into that. Go for it. Keep going. The Sexton Crucible. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the tennis is coming up 300 days of cycling, which sounds like a... Is that the, are they doing the uh, Tour de France and the Giro and the Espania and all the Vuelta and all that? They're their top two, the Tour de France oh, and the Giro yeah. d'Italia and the Olympic Games yeah. from Paris in 2024. No, come wow. on. Get Welcome to the game, Discovery Plus. Yeah. So you can log in to your Discovery Plus account on multiple devices so you can watch it anywhere, anytime. That's See, a major think- addition to Skylads. It is. I was thinking when you said that they're going to have live sport, it was going to be, you know, indoor tobogganing and the World Bowls Championships. But the Olympics, mm. all the cycle, the big cycle tours, the Grand Tours, and uh, what else? Oh, Roland Garros. That, that, like, that's pretty savage. So they've obviously gone up against the likes of Eurosport and they're, they're in the market now, aren't they? Yeah, and other rival streaming services and, you know, then you have your traditional terrestrial, like you say, your sport, sports broadcasters. And you know, and most people anecdotally know, you're not even talking millions for some of these events in terms of television rights. Well, the the Premier way. League is 4.4 billion or something, yeah. wasn't it? No, that's what I mean. You're talking, you know, potentially hundreds of millions or yeah. some with some major global events. Did you know the, 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 the Tour de France is on every year? It has been on TG Car. I do, and I love it. Love watching. I, I know you're a huge it. fan of it because you give oh, me. I love uh, it. I you love give it, me love the it, updates. Um, I loved it when there was an, when there's Irish interest in it. You know, and obviously um, there wasn't last year, which is very controversial because Sam wasn't chosen for uh, the team. But hopefully this year he will be. I think he's moved Sam teams, Bennett. Sam Bennett, yeah, who uh, he was cycling. He won the green jersey the year before last. And he was, I'm struggling to get the name of the team. What was the name of the team he was with? I can't remember what anyway, he left. I went to uh, Bora Hansgrove and he wasn't picked. And uh, so hopefully this year he will be. But that, that's great that I get it now on Discovery. Now, as you well know, I know I'm a Discovery fan. I should basically wear a Jesus sandwich board saying I love Discovery. Because most of my favorite shows are on there, all this, the, the documentary stuff. I love it. That's Have you great. both died? Thanks very much. <laughs> Fucking hell. I thought John had got that. What response was that meant to elicit? That's I don't know. Only for you, Delaney. I thought John had got to feed the baby and you just tripped over a cat or something because it was just utter silence. <laughs> <laughs> I do watch Discovery. Do you know my favourite show when Discovery was, Simon? If you ever watched it? It was kind of tabloidy, but I enjoyed it. The Scale of Evil. Have you ever watched that? No. no. Like, uh, it's the serial killers and psychologists go through all their horrible crimes and they actually rate them on a scale of evil from like one oh, to 20. 20 is like sadistic, you know, sex killers. And number five or six is like, you know, con men, basically. It's a, uh, it was very enjoyable, but trashy. It's a noise that people like, have to, have to measure everything, have to measure things. Mm, there was a thing on a red, yeah, the other day about, um, top of the pops for crime. No, they were, they were doing this thing. Where they measured the perfect face. They gave these, theories and uh, measurements and algorithms to have the perfect face and they and they they named the person in the world the most famous person in the world who has the most perfect face i'll give you two guesses at and it's, it's a man so this is the male one right who has the most according to this doctor of fuckology in some university <laughs> who was paid a fucking huge grant by some government to go you know what you should do what's that See, you measure the distance between your nose to your ears. What's perfect? And and they put together the distance between eyes, ears, eyes, and nose, and fucking all that. Who has the most perfect face? Well, I'm guessing it's a perfectly symmetrical face. So before you said man, I would have 
chance to guess at the Mona Lisa. Brian Dobson? No, it's a real person. <laughs> Brian Dobson. Brian Dobson, mother of God. No. Fine looking, man. Pitzer. Brad Pitt. Nope. That's what I would have went with. So no. is it an actor, Simon? It is an actor. Yeah, it is an actor. And uh, when is I say the name, you go, ah, yeah, okay. Over 40. He's not. No. No. And if he is, he's looking fucking well on us, but he's not. Is he American? Yeah. You see, now you're getting into detail that this Wikipedia page doesn't really give to me. Uh, American no, slash he's Canadian. He's British. Tom Hardy? No. No. Oh. Thank you, Finn. I don't anymore. Paul anymore Bethany anymore. randomly came into my head. Bethany, he's a head like a fucking pickaxe. Will you stop? But this oh, might Bethany? necessarily, that you're saying perfect face because. Yeah. I would name it Jesus. Your, your, your distances line up. It, it doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're hot. No, you it's can see off his chin. No. Hiddleston? No. no. I don't Actually, know. from Coronation Street. Actually. Fair, I got a perfect face. <laughs> no, this man is. 34 years of age. He's had a couple of nominations. Uh, started off in on BBC's very famous series of Waterloo Road. Uh, and he had a breakout role then in 2020 in the biggest TV show of that year, Netflix. Oh, what was uh, That was during COVID. What was everyone watching? Yeah. Everyone was watching yeah. normal people. No. Um, Netflix. Period drama. Yeah. Bridgerton. Oh, Bridgerton. And Jean Reggae Jean Reggae Reggae Jean Page. Reggae Jean Page has the most perfectly symmetrical face, the perfect face apparently, is mm. this young man here. Do you truly hold me in such low regard? It's because I regard you so highly that I cannot marry you. You must know if we were to wed, I can never give you children. Is that on his C V? When he's going uh, for auditions. It's not even on his Jesus Wikipedia. Now I could add it in there because you can you can put it in stuff. You can self edit. Can you put in stuff on it Wikipedia? I'm going to put it in now. You've got a great note, right? Anything of note that's on your Wikipedia that is not um, accurate on my Wikipedia? Uh, you tell me. Okay, well let's fact check Simon's Wikipedia very briefly. <clears throat> Date fact of birth check: second of the ninth, nineteen seventy. Okay, that's accurate. Are you an Irish okay. actor, director, and television presenter? Nope. I'm from Botswana. <laughs> I was Were you born, born in, in Rahini? Born in Rahane, Rahane Egg. yes. Was your father sure. a printer for Smurfs? Jesus Christ, he was. He, he was, yes, he was. And a man of the show bands, and he played two instruments? That's right, he played clarinet the saxophone. Okay, so far Wikipedia is... Yeah, that's not bad, yeah, that's... Uh, okay. Look. Yeah, very good. I'm going to look yours up. This is great television, this, isn't it? It's even better radio. Oh, John, if you dozed off, I wouldn't blame you. <laughs> uh, what else can we watch on Discovery Plus, though, apart from stunning documentaries, bingeable box sets, true crime stuff, and live sport? A lot more, except we can't watch Simon as Tom Cruise, <laughs> C-R-E-W-S, in Mrs. Brown's Boys the Movie. I don't think that's on Paramount Plus just yet. Damn. But it's on his Wikipedia. Mm. And whether he likes yeah. it or not, it's true. Yeah, it is true. I did play Tom Cruise. C-R-E-W-S. Now yeah. then, gentlemen, with all that said, John, there's a television show that a lot of people are talking about, except Simon and except me, but you're going to bring it to the party for Simon and me and the rest who have yet to get on board. Happy Valley. You got a fire extinguisher? 
Fine. They're putting out fires. I've got one in the car, but I may need something bigger. There's a fellow around the corner reckoning to set fire to himself. Yes, thank you. We're on top of that. How much can I give you for these? Mm. Nice glasses. Well, he can send himself to paradise. That's his choice, but he's not taking my eyebrows with him. Two seasons, 2014, 2016, about as perfect as you can get. You know, Northern England, you know, you have Sarah Lancashire. Who started in Curry. Yes, she did. She was Raquel, uh, the barmaid in Corrie. And she was great in it as well. She's kind of an innocence about her, but she's not really like that in this. She's quite hardened and, you know, she's uh, says a police officer and basically her teenage daughter has taken her own life. It starts off in that kind of vein and we kind of peel back the layers and see why. And this guy she got mixed up with, this guy called uh, Tommy Lee Royce, uh, a real piece of work and he's getting out of jail. He's played by James Norton, so he's obviously very easy on the eye, Sir Lancashire. Mm. Basically, her raison d'etre is to get him and make him pay for what he's done. But he's a total psycho and it kind of goes from there. And it's spun out beautifully over two seasons and a few subplots of like people borrow money from criminals and murders. Uh, and it's great. But it ended in 2016, those two seasons. So that's seven years, that gap. People wanted a third season, but I kind of feel like they were perfect. Just leave them be. But now it's back. Apparently, it's getting rave reviews. I know in your house, Simon, it is. But I don't know. Maybe oh. sometimes just leave it alone, no? I didn't know there was such a gap between first two and all of a sudden they dug it back up. I thought it was a rolling series. No. Uh, and again, so those first two, they work really well. They're obviously made pretty much back to back. Um, I mean, there's, you know, the, the character development is perfect. And it worked as an arc over two seasons. But I don't know, a third season, I'm sure it's brilliant and everyone's in it who should be in it. But I don't know. I always have kind of feel burned when it comes to another well, have you season. Watched season three? Have you watched this new one? I have and I'm saving it up but I'm not sure if I want it like it's well I I'm I haven't watched it but um you know going on the the word that I hear around me namely Mrs. D and my sisters over Sunday dinner yesterday talking ad nauseum about it it's probably the best season yet they're saying mm. Ooh. yeah they're loving it and they're not- gutted that there's not going to be a season four I don't know do you not remember like when uh, probably a fan of the wire both of you but the fourth season was probably as perfect a TV season of anything as you could you could watch. It was incredible. I've been out there since I was 13. I ain't never fucked up a count, never stole off a package, never did some shit that I wasn't told to do. I've been straight up. But what come back? Hmm? You think if I get jammed up on some shit, they'd be like, all right, yeah, Vody been there. Vody hang tough. We got his pay lawyer. We got a bell. They want me to stand with him, right? Where the fuck they at when they supposed to be standing by us? I mean, when shit goes bad and it's hell to pay, where they at? Mm-hmm. And then the fifth came along and it was like the media. I felt like Which a bit one of was an the fourth one again? What happened in the fourth series? That the fourth that one concentrated on the kids. So like how they became, be it criminals or, you know, uh, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah, yeah. I like the one before that one about the unions. Remember that one? The third one. Yeah, I thought that yeah, was a The co-op. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, the first four seasons are brilliant, but like the, the way the fifth one kind of wrapped up and I know it felt a little kind of tired compared to the first four. I'm not saying it wasn't worthwhile, but like you've four perfect seasons, maybe just leave it like that. So that was the question I'm asking is, does a creator maybe have the right to just spin it out and see where it goes? Because that was their vision or should you just maybe stop something at its at its peak regardless? Or will the money always talk really is going to bottom line i guess i think yeah. you're answering your own question john yeah the yeah, money will always yeah, talk about yeah. it of course well, it will the problem is that you know it, it's the old photocopier syndrome the more you photocopy it the less uh you know 
the less quality the original is going to have. But I think if the writing is good, I mean, look at someone. Who said that, Simon? Was it Gutenberg? Uh, I think it was Aristotle Gutenberg, yeah, in um, Police Academy 3. <laughs> well, do you know what? Let, let's take this podcast, for example, because, you know, if we if we take a break with this podcast and we leave it for a while, but if it's there's no reason not to come back, why wouldn't you come back if you've got something really good there? Oh, well, Do you know what I mean? I hear you. Even though there's been a gap of years, maybe um, the director, the writers went off to do other things. Maybe they mm-hmm. planned on leaving it, but they were talked into reviving it by, I don't know, their postman or something like that. What I find curious, John, is if this show aired, how long ago did you say it was? Season one and two, five, six years ago? Yeah, it was 2014 and 2016. And don't get okay. me wrong, they were hugely successful and everyone wanted them. Clearly, the creator was like, no, these are the two seasons. That's it. I have, no, I have nothing else. This yeah. is what it is. And they, as time went on, got ideas and, you know, it became, you know, yeah, but also a they could have been, it could have been something like, you know, they were, they could have been scheduled to do a season three. Sarah or one of the main cast could have went out to have a baby or something. There could have been availability issues mm. and it was just literally put on a, hi- on a hiatus and then COVID fucking hit, you know. Mm. I mean, the, mm. these things, it, like the, the, the amount of time it takes from, a broadcaster pressing a button in terms of green lighting a project to 150 crew and a cast factor sitting on a set shooting scene one can be anything up to 18 months, two years. By the time mm. you write out the series, you storyboard it, you get your story editors in, you cast it, you crew it, you do your locations, the money's in place. You know, mm. I think I think there might have been plans to get it done earlier than like last year. Do you know what I mean? On that, Simon, and the effort it takes, I saw a clip and perhaps others saw it. It was doing the rounds on Twitter or whatever the other week, and it was Sharon Horgan uh, addressing mm-hmm. sort of, some sort of a Q&A, talking yeah. about a new TV show she's in. And she went through, in very funny detail, the amount of feckin' hurdles and hoops oh, you have yeah. to go through to get sign-off from a network and the amount of demands they put on you. Even listening to her, I went, why would anyone even start? It's well, this so... Is it. This is it. I mean, again, going back to the show that I'm shooting at the moment, and I can give you a little bit more detail now because my lovely man that I'm working with, Darren McCormick, who was nominated for two BAFTAs last week, boys, two, the Rise, EE Rising mm-hmm. Star Award and Best Oh, he was actor. on the Late Late. He was on the Late Late, and he was on Orland AM on Orland. Of, a, of a Saturday morning with the Elaines and the Martin Kings and all and anyways, and he was chatting about it. Um, so he was saying, you know, that we're shooting this series. It's called The Woman in the Wall. And it's uh, it's set 2015 in West of Ireland. And my point about this in reference to what we're talking about is that the guy who wrote it, Joe Morta, the lovely Joe Morta, he wrote the pilot for this show 10 years ago. Wow. 10 years ago. So it's taken him 10 years. And I remember last September, just before we started shooting, we had a, what's called a table read, um, which is where they get uh, some of the main cast together and they read the first two episodes. The and they're reading it for a room which is made up of all the executives. This show is being produced by the BBC and by Showtime. So the we did the read-through at a table read in Belfast, but we were being, being beamed to the East Coast to the executives in, in Showtime. So there was a lot of eyes on it. And before we started, you know, our director spoke and then Joe spoke and he was kind of, he's, he was sort of saying, 
you know, I can't really believe that the day is actually here where this <laughs> this thing is actually getting, we're about to start shooting, we're start, we start shooting in two days. You know, he spoke about the fact that he wrote the pilot 10 years ago. He's been developing the series. He, you know, that there's six one-hour episodes. That's a phenomenal amount of writing. That's a phenomenal amount of uh, edits it's to go through, checks it's to go through, um, and the process, the length of process. And it's still, so the show won't be out probably until September. So it'll be 11 years, you know, by the time he, he wrote down to write scene one, you know, episode one, scene one, 11 years later, he'll get to see it on the telly. It's mad, isn't it? You need some real staying power and oh, maybe, yeah. and patience. And you got to believe in that story and believe in your script. And mm. you know, it, it all it always gives me admiration when you when you tis the season now in terms of the award season when you see people standing up and making acceptance speeches. They want to thank this person, that person, and to us, the, the and names we're like shut up. Names mean absolutely nothing, but mm. these are people who were absolutely key. Particularly when you hear writers doing acceptance speeches, they list names, story editors, script consultants, uh, producers, supervising producers, line producers, exec producers, directors. I mean, because they're saying without any of you, this thing would never have happened. It's so hard. Like, I'm sure Sharon Horgan was saying that to get something from, you know, a, a screen on your laptop, an idea, a one page treatment into a fully finished, developed project and you know that's just the start of it then you gotta go and shoot it and then you gotta go and edit it and then it's gotta it's put out there for you and me and jc and, and the watching public to go yeah shite oh, you know what I mean? or it's brilliant you know what i mean yeah yeah it's, it's what a roll of the dice it's like. not easy and that's an understatement i like that you me and jc could be name of uh that's there was yeah, an his tribute band. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've got a little uh, list for you, JC, on this topic, but I'm going to flip it. I'm going to. I have a list of shows here, according to uh, a website, shows that, in their opinion, the top ten shows that were cancelled too early. Ooh. Ooh. Would you like me to go through that for you? Now there is actually twenty three on the list, but I'll go in the top ten. I've had a quick flick through, and I think I haven't heard of seven of these. Okay. Uh, number okay. 10 uh, is a Netflix show called Glow. Okay, you two need to go. We have a show to do. Yeah, a fucking clown show. What? Excuse me, how are we a clown show? You're doing bad scripted comedy bullshit with goats. Did you watch oh, that? Yeah. Glamorous, Glamorous and Ladies of Wrestling, yeah. Yeah, with Alison Glamorous Ladies of Wrestling. What a brilliant name, Glow. So Glow, a hilarious, well-written TV show, earned a 94% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, follows the lives of various divas. Um, Three seasons, three seasons, and uh, fans were all set and ready for the fourth and final season, and they cancelled it during the pandemic. And it's a drama. Okay, yeah, because Mm. I know some of the real-life WWE stars have have had their own E-type spin-offs like the... That's right. Bella, Bella sisters, the Bella twins. I met That's them right. at an airport once. That was that was cool. And Seamus, and the big I show. Met, I met Bella from Fair City. <laughs> second, um, second week in a row, Bella from yeah, Fair City. Mention of Bella. Yeah, yeah, well, it's it's a prerequisite at this stage. Number nine in this list is a show I never heard of. again. Uh, it's called Agent Carter. Did you ever hear that one? It's a Marvel uh, show. You used me. You lied to me. You hit me. You don't get to use my reaction to your lies as a reason. Yeah, yeah for your I lies. do. I knew how much Steve meant to you because I know how much he means to me. 
I was protecting you. Oh, don't pretend this is about me and my emotions. Yeah, you were out to protect you. I see this turmoil that you're in. Look at you. I trusted you, Howard. Yeah, I know, and I was wrong. Yeah. Ran for two seasons on uh, ABC. Big budget show, uh, 18 episodes. Um, I never even knew our Agent Carter was a Marvel um, character. It's yeah. uh, the early adventures of Peggy Carter and the organization that would one day become S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, no mm. idea. But uh, that again no. ran two seasons and, and died a death. Um, but the fans wanted more of us. Number eight, Archive 81. Anyone ever heard of that? We're looking for an artist. Someone who can restore a recently acquired collection of damaged videotapes. Well, what kind of damage? Fire damage. There's just one hitch, because the materials are so fragile, they can't be moved. So you'd be doing the work at our remote research facility. I think I see it on Netflix all the time, but I never watch it. A Netflix horror series. Wow, it's an archivist who sifts through videotapes that document a haunted apartment building. Jesus, it sounds great. But uh, now that, that died in its arse. The Punisher, you ever heard of that? Yeah, but like... Well, it sounds around. like something that Jason Statham would be the main man. Well, it's Marvel again. It's Marvel. Oh, John, two Ber- seasons. John Bernthal is... Uh, Correct, John name. Bernthal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that that went away. Again, we're up to number six here, and I haven't heard a show that I've, I haven't found a show that I've heard of yet. Almost Human. No, I don't know that one. Did one season, a police procedural with a cyborg. Christ, how did it get made? Anyway, what a show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a number five, again, a show ran for one season. Fans wanted more of it. Wayne, which is a quirky coming of age story. What the fuck? You asshole. <laughs> hey, who did that, huh? Who the fuck did that? You? Break my window, you bitch. Break my window? Huh? Why don't you answer me, you little bitch? Answer me! Filled with humour, action, and a captivating story comedy series. Originally aired on YouTube, YouTube Red, before moving to Amazon Prime. I'm looking there at the are. rating of it here. It got 8.4 on IMDb and 100% yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes. There you go. There you go. Well, what no they're way. saying is here... Um, the fans are hopeful that Wayne will release a second season. Devoted fans have rallied on Twitter. Well, rallied on Twitter. That's that's a guarantee it's going to happen. Isn't it? um, number four, fans want to see uh, more of the Winchester brothers in a series called Supernatural. Oh, yeah, Again, it's been going on forever, though. That's been... It did It did run for 12 seasons, but uh, it was a Comic-Con hit. It ended, sorry, it ended in the 15th season. And it says here, while that's an incredibly long run for a series, there was plenty of life in its original Monster of the Week premise. Never heard of it. Let's get through the final three and see if we can recognize the TV show here. Because I feel like I've been living in a cave for the last... So, so far, years. we all in agreement we never heard of... We well, no, never heard of any of them. No. None of them. John heard of a couple, but it I've only watched Glow, but there is... Number three, no. boys. Number three, Summer 1991. It's called Surviving Jack. No? It's not ringing a bell. Oh, it's... Survi- called, sorry, I was Googling it was, Summer 1991. It was, a, it was a sitcom called Surviving Jack. It was on Fox. Um, Christopher Maloney is in it. M-E-L-O-N-I. You recognize him from... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is, is, it, is it CSI? Or, I think he was in Oz, wasn't he? He's in Oz as well, yeah. Again, one season... Uh, Died and went away. Fans survived. Back. No, number two, number two in this. We still haven't found a show any of us have heard of. Um, it's a show called I Am Not Okay with This. I'm not okay with this comedy series. A US comedy show, I'm guessing. Series. 
It, uh, yes, uh, Netflix original dark comedy series aired in 2020. Uh, unfortunately, the series only had one season before being abruptly cancelled by the streaming giants. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. again, again, fo- very good fo- ratings. Yeah, but again, it, but the similarity here, lads, is follows a young teenager with superpowers. So that seemed to be the the, the flavour of the moment, and then they all got... Now, listen, we've arrived at number one. They I think all got I can vaccinated and lost their powers. We've arrived at number one, and I'm telling you now that all three of us have seen the show. I think it begins with telling, D, does it? No. And you're not going to say Dexter, are you? <laughs> say Deadwood. Now, this is a comedy that the three of us, I'm guaranteeing we all watched and we all fucking loved. Ran for nine seasons. Ooh. Described here as a masterclass comedy that lasted for nine seasons. Hilarious and heartfelt. It survived the writer's strike of 2007 and 2008, as well as moving networks from NBC to ABC. Uh, Arrested Development? No. Did you say it begins with D? No. No, you didn't. Okay. Season 9 ended after only 13 episodes. How many words? It would have been interesting to see if the series could have regained its footing with just one more season. But we'll never know. It was a one-word title show. Brilliant. If it's on now, because it is repeated, I always stop and watch it. It's obviously not Seinfeld around now. Can no. you give us any more clues, Simon? I think if I gave you one more clue, we'll give it away. Let's um, do that I, then. Okay, it's a masterclass comedy medical drama. Oh, scrubs, scrubs. Isn't it? scrubs. Scrubs. Nine pounds in a week? Let me ask you a quick question. Are you trying to make my head explode? Because you have no idea just how frustrating it is working your ass off trying to inflate a tiny little balloon inside someone's clogged artery and all that person has to do really is, oh, I don't know, go for a walk in the morning or choke down a fresh green salad and you come back here looking like that. And I know, I know, here I'm supposed to be doctor, give a crap, but you want to know the God's honest truth? And this is a fact. You are what you eat, and you clearly went out and devoured a big fat guy, didn't you? Scrubs, baby. So what happened to yeah. Scrubs then? It, it changed. It changed oh. networks. So the the writer strike in Hollywood was two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and it survived that. It kept going. They kept going, mm. but then it changed networks. It went from NBC to ABC, and then things, according to this, started to fall apart uh, following that transition. Um, eight season concluded. The eighth season concluded several storylines. So going into the ninth season, fresh storylines were introduced, and those storylines brought a new location, new characters, which didn't attract many of Scrubs' longtime fans. But they're saying that it should have been given a tenth and final season to finish out those storylines. I fucking love that show. I laughed and cried my ass off that show. Loved it. Zach Braff, yeah, it was good. It's fun. Wasn't Zach it? Braff, yeah. Good call. Brilliant show. Brilliant, brilliant show. What was the story with the writer's strike? I know obviously there's probably money involved, but like I'd say that was messed up many a show at the time. Oh, it, brought, it, it, brought, it brought Hollywood to a standstill. And yeah. it brought Hollywood to a standstill because every other union went in with them. Like I, because I'm a member of SAG, you know, they, they rode in behind them. And Hollywood stopped. They weren't making any television. You don't have any writing it. <laughs> what are you shooting? Um, And there is talk. <laughs> there is, <laughs> the, yeah, there is talk about a writer strike uh, this year. So around uh, Easter time, they're saying that there could potentially be another writer strike, which would be a shitstorm. Mm. Why, though? Is it just contracts and money? And well, I'd imagine it's contracts freedom. and money. I'd imagine that the whole streaming 
platforms have changed the game completely because I'd imagine there are different rates for writing for uh, syndicated shows, writing for network shows, writing feature films, and then streaming services. It's changed our industry in terms of actors' royalties and that because now our agents have to look at you know, we don't just have to, we don't just sign a contract that's sold by region. You know, you've you know you'll do a complete buyout, but it has to include streaming services. You know, Netflix North America, Netflix Australia, whatever. It's very, 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 very detailed. It's not just yeah, you're buying a one repeat of it there because that's what it was back in the day. You bought one repeat. Uh, came with your original contract and then you got a repeat fee uh, in ireland we don't get repeat fees anyway which is another scandal that i can do a two-hour podcast on and i will called angry bastard rallies at irish film industry but uh, we'll get to that <laughs> some other point um <clears throat> but yes yeah, so, sort of thing so i'd imagine it's to do with that it's to do i, I don't know but uh well i'm just reading something very briefly here mm. i don't know if this will inform us anymore it says mm. uh, a potential writer strike is looming if the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, and untangle this one, Simon, the AMPTP can't see eye to eye. The AM American AMP AMPTP. Let's just Google that. American American Motion Pictures something TP Alliance American of Motion Mo- Picture and Television Producers. So yeah, it's between the <clears throat> producers, producers and the writers. Yeah, so it's going to be about rates and fees and all that kind of stuff. But is it saying it's on the cards? I know this article is actually listing off shows that were particularly affected back in the strike in 07, 08. Um, but they preface the article by saying, with a potential strike looming between X and Y, we look back on the shows that were impacted in 20, uh, 2007, 2008. Um, well, there you go. There you uh, go. The way we tie all these loose ends up, JC, it's brilliant, isn't it? I think it might be a simplistic look at it, but like you look at Netflix and you know other streamers, the, the big ones, all the big shows are kind of documentaries and they're kind of relatively shocking in their content and blah blah. blah. Like obviously, original dramas and comedies are amazing. You get into them, but a lot of time you're going to your Netflix, the big show countdown. It's it's Bernie Madoff. It's you know it's the Last Dance. It's, you know, untold, all that. It's all the documentary content. I'm sure it's cheaper. They have more control over it. Uh, the people making it are probably doing it to a budget and on time. Yeah, whereas, I don't know whether it'd be cheaper. I'd say it would be cheaper in I terms know. of a feature film, but a, a series, I don't know. I don't know whether it would be cheaper because it still needs to be written. It it does, still but needs it's only to be about two, three episodes, maybe four at the most documentary series on there. What whereas, about making a murderer? Oh, that's, that's a kind of a... That but they're juggernauts, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 I know. But even the Madoff series, that's, what, three episodes? But that takes that. And takes shows like that, lads, if I can research, interject, are described as unscripted, right? Um, because they're not no. scripted drama. Well, there's always no. a story by. No, an unscripted an unscripted show would be... Like uh, a game show? Something like either improv. Yeah, or a game show or something like that. Okay, yeah, well, just on that, the, the reason I bring that up, because... Uh, from Deadline.com three days ago, they report that a potential writer strike would be incredibly harmful for many in Hollywood, but there's one sector of the entertainment industry that is quietly optimistic that it could lead to a boom for them, and that is the unscripted television makers. Um, because back in previous strikes, it has bolstered the unscripted um, industry, like shows such as The Amazing Race, Keeping Up With The Kardashians, and other such, whatever falls under the unscripted banner. Shows like that, boom, when the scripted dramas are uh, put on put up on bricks while they, while, while they argue over their strike. And 
So again, according to people who are far smarter than me, Ado, unscripted television is all content that's produced without a script. Examples include YouTube talk shows, documentary series, and game shows. Yeah, American Idol, Project yeah. Runway, yeah. Amazing Race, Big Brother. All the stuff that we actually need fucking less of. Fucking reality TV almost, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. But documentaries, you're right. Uh, JC, you're right. Like a lavish kind of BBC drama, you know, when it gets it right. As I mentioned, like Happy Valley or Line of Duty, mm-hmm. you can just tell like timed effort, like they always say it takes a village and you can kind of feel that in those shows. Yeah. A lot of stations, they just churn out, you know, I don't want to watch Tipping Point every day. I don't want to watch reality TV shows or, you know, Jesus. Love Island have their place. But but then we go into a wider debate then about, you mentioned say Happy Valley or, you know, Line of Duty you know, talk a big ITV drama. There's a big difference there as well, because obviously the BBC is the national broadcaster, much like here. So, you know, their shows um, are not commercial shows in terms of they can't get sponsors on them. They're funded by the taxpayer, the BBC shows. Do you know what I mean? Whereas an ITV Sunday night drama will be sponsored by a car brand or an insurance company or something. They would buy that. You know, they'd they'd buy that slot, that Sunday nine o'clock slot for ITV drama. Whereas the BBC are using taxpayers' money because it's a license fee. And they also have to meet a brief, you know, so they have to produce X amount of scripted television, X amount of unscripted television, reality TV. They have to have news output, sport output, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They take an awful lot more boxes. Mm. As opposed to ITV, you produce the same types of shows, but they have to get everything paid for. But the BBC then would hope to go and sell those shows, right? 100%. Yeah. 100%. I mean, the biggest one of the biggest TV successes in the last 20 years was Top Gear because that, that pretty much launched and BBC America. Shut up, you goddamn frenzy, cheese-eating surrender monkey. It was one of the first shows that was shown on BBC America that caught the Americans' audience, hence the success then of Grand Tour. They were able to, when they were fucked out of the BBC, to, to go to someone like Amazon and say, hey, you know where we are, don't you? Why Sorry. would you want a Mexican car? Because cars reflect national characteristics, don't they? So German cars are sort of very well built and efficient. Yeah. Italian cars are a bit flamboyant and quick. Mexican cars just going to be a lazy, feckless, flatulent <laughs> open <laughs> Leaning against a fence asleep, looking at a cactus with a blanket with a hole in the middle on as a coat. Absolutely we do. Mm. Because the audiences in America have been watching them for 10 years on the BBC. Now, the BBC would have got well healed for that. Yeah, and I'm not sure what the parameters are in terms of, obviously BBC America will be a commercial TV station in the US in terms of they'd be able to put ads around it. So there will be a commercial revenue on that. Because I don't think it is the same parameters as the BBC in the UK, where there's no commercials, there's no ads. The only ads you see on the BBC are for BBC products. Almost, yeah. You know, but I think on BBC America, they probably sold ads around it. So that well covered itself and it introduced the three of them to an American audience, which then led to them having a global TV audience. But it's an interesting debate, isn't it? And it all boils down to that writer strike because the landscape has changed so fucking much in the last, I'd say 15, probably the last 10 years. When you mm. look at the likes, the likes of Bridgerton, yeah, and these these smart like you know what's the other one the Stranger Things and these are fucking huge shows they're juggernauts. Was Downton Abbey BBC lads? Downton Abbey was it? Was it ITV? Was it? I think so. Yeah, I can't remember. 
Um, has yeah. a bang of BBC anyway. Anywho, Simon, you are correct. BBC America operates as a commercially supported channel and go, accepts yeah. traditional advertising. John, just if I can go back to the uh, Happy Valley, I'm just curious because from what I've been told, I know, Simon, your missus, Lisa's watching it. My mother's a big yeah. fan of it, but she keeps saying, you have to see season one and two. But if they aired years ago, how are they expected to pick up a new audience all these years on if you haven't seen it? It feels like it's not very accessible then. Yeah, but then the audiences nowadays are well used to binging television. So when they say to you, the new season's out, and by the way, seasons one and two are on the BBC iPlayer, in you go. And Netflix. Oh, it is on Netflix, Netflix, is it? For years, the two seasons have been on Netflix. Ah, okay. Haunting me. That negates any any of that issue I had. I want. And actually, that goes back to my original point, Dado. That's when I said about the West Wing earlier on. How did I miss it? Mm. I missed it because I missed it. <laughs> I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't record it. I couldn't bank it. Do you know what I mean? So then, when season three of fucking West Wing came out in the late nineties, I thought, well, there's no fucking point because I haven't seen one or two, and I'm not spending forty nine ninety nine in extra vision to buy the fucking box set of the videos from last year because they weigh a quarter of a metric ton. You have to bring them home in a fucking wheelbarrow. Do you know what I mean? That's why I missed it because I couldn't watch it. it Whereas there. now, yeah. I watch season one in a week, twenty two episodes, yeah. no ads, bang bang bang, off you go, brilliant. Yeah, I think I feel the same way that when I <clears throat> kind of was maybe getting around to it, it was well into it, like five or six seasons, yeah. and people had this very established. I know shorthand for it and what they like yeah. about it. I thought, yeah. I'm too late to the party here. Well, I'm telling you now, I'm 20 years too fucking late, but by Christ, John, it's just phenomenal. Seriously, it's dated. It's almost laughable at times when they take out the flip phones and the aerials go up in the air and it's, there's moments and they're talking about problems with the email and the internet and it's, it's that's, but the fucking writing, the storylines, the way the storylines are, there are five, six different storylines per episode. Each character has sidebars of storylines. They're all tied in and there's one theme running through it. And you, I'm just absolutely adoring it. And then it makes me think then of when I went on to watch, say, House of Cards, you know, and then uh, uh, Veep, which is the comedy version. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, I, oh man, John, do it seriously. I know you've got spare time and a newborn baby and all that, so you know, get out of the hammock at one hour earlier in the morning. You're right. You're right. I have no excuse really. But uh yeah. and again I do like yeah. Martin Sheen a lot. He's really good in anything I've seen yeah. him in. And I'm sure he kinda carries the whole thing. I'm sure on his must be on his shoulders it's an ensemble he piece. Very it is it is a true ensemble piece though. You know, it really is. And again it was groundbreaking television because they were doing these tracking shots the scenes to start in one office and go through four or five corridors into in and out of another office the scenes are pages and pages long and they're and the camera never stops it must have been an absolute blast shoot because yeah. as an actor that's just that's just gold you know you're basically performing a play every week yeah full play you know and you're right even, even though martin sheen is the main man he's the president oh it's, it's truly God. an ensemble cast i mean and every single one of them is so well drawn and has yeah. their own story yeah, there lines. isn't a, there isn't a weak link in it no, not yeah, so far brilliant. anyway oh leo mcgarry played by john spencer oh uh, jesus Bradley Wifford. yeah played by richard schiff and of course alison janey is uh the press jc a JC, yeah. CJ, yeah, even. Yeah. CJ, JC, yeah. CJ's, JC's on my mind. 
Yeah. Well, wow. yeah. I'll give it a go. I'll give it a Young go. Charlie. Yeah. Charlie yeah. Young. Where and can I watch that now? Where, where, where is West Wing? I Bay? got it. I got it on my Skybox. The good right. people at Sky just can't stop giving us things, and I'm gladly receiving them. Thank you, Sky. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Sky. I love you, Sky. Thank you for Discovery Plus. All right, gentlemen. Any more recommendations uh, for this week? Uh, I recommend that you don't, uh, as I did yesterday, you don't uh, take out a three wood and tackle downhill lie in sodden ground because I've been horizontal for the last 24 hours ever since I took a swing of that ball and absolutely creased my fucking self, my back. That's what I don't recommend. Were you trying to emulate Patrick Reed and Rory who were going at it over the last few days? Well, I think, if, uh, you know, um, figure-wise, I'm approaching, Patrick Reed's approaching me if he's not careful. <laughs> um, now, I sat in the third hall and I fucking swung a club and it was like a fucking sniper in the bushes shot me in the back. I ended up on my fucking knees. Anyway, that's my tale of woe from this week. Join us next week for more What the Fuck's Wrong with Simon? What have we learned this week, boys? That I need to drop my preconceptions and get stuck into season three of Happy Valley and stop being a little moaner. Yeah, and then start the West Wing. Ooh. And I learned through Wikipedia that Aiden Power was surprised on the 23rd of October 2008 when wrestling superstars Joe Legend and Scotty Too Hottie came in to talk about the wrestling events around Ireland, but in a strange turn of events, ended up taking on Power and trashing the set of the cafe. Aiden Power later admitted this was the highlight of his broadcasting career. True story. You mean including this podcast? <laughs> See ya! <laughs>